are now listening to Vibe Selection with Kyra, where you can get the real on today's hot topics. Well, welcome everybody, and thank you for tuning in to another episode of Vibe Selection. I am your host, Kyra, and honey, we today we got so much to talk about. And you know, there's just been so much that has been going on in the world these past two years. Like I sit and think about how we it's crazy that we've been in, in a pandemic for two years and counting now. I mean, as soon as we thought we were over the corona, honey, the delta didn't hit us. And now after the delta didn't hit us, now we gotta worry about the Omarion variant, honey, aka the Omicron variant. <laughs> so it just seems like this is just never endless. Like it it, it just seems like this shit just keeps getting worse and worse. You know, once you think everything's better, you know, we got the whole vaccine going. Here this goddamn Omicron comes and it's vaccine resistant. So, you know, it's just a double win. It's just a one more thing to worry about, honey. But I mean, now we got all this crazy weather going on. You know, the holidays are here. You know, and to be quite frank, like, it's crazy to me a whole year, pretty much another year has passed. You know, like, we're literally, I just feel like we just started this year, and now all of a sudden, we're at the end of the year. To me, that's just crazy. It's like, where does time go? You know? But today, there's so much I want to talk about, and I'm going to get right into it. So the first thing that I want to talk about is this whole Juicy Smollett situation, a.k.a. Jussie. I like to call him Juicy Jussie. <laughs> I don't know why I want to say that. I'm just going to call him Juicy Jussie. <laughs> so <laughs> as far as you guys know, Mr. Juicy Jussie has been found guilty on five counts of felony for disorderly conduct and falsely reporting a hate crime. And um, right now they're still deliberating on what they're going to do. But those charges typically would um, pertain to him getting three years in prison. I'd highly doubt um, Jesse, Juicy Jesse will be getting three years in prison. I believe that they're trying to more likely give him um, probation right now. Now, my thoughts on this case, honey. I mean, this whole situation is one hot ass mess okay but let's 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 give a little let's let's go a little bit to the beginning of how this shit all unfolded so in 2019 there was a lot of backing in this whole situation now I don't know if you guys remember but I mean a lot of people when this when the reports of this attack heck initially came out Kamala Harris was even backing Juicy Jesse up on this situation. All his uh, all his family members, all his friends, his colleagues, everybody was because, you know, no one would ever believe that Jesse would ever do something like this. Well, I mean, he's never been in trouble with the law. He's never known to be problematic within the industry. So why wouldn't anybody believe that he was innocent when he initially talked about the attack? Well, as things unfolded, people really started to see who the real Jesse is and what his real motive motivation was for this whole situation so now on January 22nd it was reported to the well the Fox Studios had got a threatening supposed threatening letter um 
that was sent to the Fox studio and it contained threatening language and was allegedly laced with some type of powdery substance, which which the, led the police to believe it probably was some crushed up Tylenol or something like that. And the big the, the whole reason for why Juicy Jesse actually said this all happened was because of the letter and that because he felt like the studio really didn't act on the situation like he felt like they should the Fox Studios which films the whole Empire um, series he felt like they weren't really doing anything about the situation so the whole uh, alleged attack happened as a you know issue with this whole letter coming to the studios and on a couple of days later on January 29th is when the actual attack allegedly happened so I mean, you know, the Chicago PD had spent over 3000 hours investigating this whole situation. They had 26 police officers investigating it um, and they spent over one hundred thousand dollars in resources to try to figure out who attacked Juicy Jesse. Now, Jesse alleged initially didn't call the police, but instead called his friend to report the attack. And while he's on the phone with his friend, he I guess it was a FaceTime call. He had the the noose around his neck. He reported that um, some two guys allegedly attacked him. They were wearing masks on their face. They were wearing all black. They had screamed racial and homophobic uh, slurs at him and they had shouted out this is MAGA country when they had attacked him and the attack allegedly had happened at 2 a.m. while he was walking a subway to get him a little footlong sandwich. I'm just joking. I don't know if he went to go get a footlong sandwich, but I think he said it was like a turkey sandwich or something like that. So he went, you know, to get him a little sandwich on his way over to get his sandwich. Someone that came up and started beating him up and threw some type of uh, chemical on him, which turned out to actually be bleach that was thrown on him. Now, the first red flag was in this situation is once the police arrived at the scene, (laughs) Jesse still had the noose around his neck. And the cops were just trying to figure out like, well, why didn't you call the popos? And why did your friend have to call the cops on your behalf? And he said, because I'm a black man in America. You know, we don't trust the police. So, I mean, that was the first red flag. Number one, who the fuck after an attack like that is going to have a new still around their goddamn neck okay that was that i mean that was the first like red flag that, that no one is going to do that that's just fucking stupid so then the police start investigating it and they just started seeing that there was a lot of holes in the story and as they went deeper in the rabbit's hole they started to see that a lot of things that jesse was saying were not adding up at all and you know like I said there was a lot of people that were backing Jesse in this whole situation but after a while people started to give him the side eye because not only were things not adding up to the Chicago PD but things also weren't adding up to the general public like why would someone want to come to Jesse and harm him Jesse's out here talking about he's the gay Tupac and all this type of nonsense and it's like wait a minute to me it was like you know the first thing in this 
situation is, why was the letter even sent to Jesse? To me, that was a strange situation. I mean, what would anybody have to what reason would anybody have to want to target him in the first place? And I kind of think this whole situation is politically based. We have to remember the times that it was in like Trump was already in office. You know, he was saying all the nonsense and bullshit that he was saying. Jesse had, you know, started rising in fame on being on Empire. He started getting a lot of recognition. Um, You know, he he signed a record deal. From signing the record deal, he started to be a big activist for the Black Lives Matter movement as well. And so I feel like he wanted some type of political gain with doing this. And because it just nothing, nothing to me adds up in this situation besides the fact that I really believe Jesse was just trying to prove a point to get the attention on himself. You know, I think he really wanted himself to look good as an activist for the movement. And by planning this stupid, elaborate hoax, he was in in terms thinking that he would get more notoriety, that his salary would probably b- bump up a little bit more. Because initially when he was on Empire, I think his salary started off at $10,000. And then he started demanding more and more and more money after his, you know, fame started to kind of take off a little bit more. And he was getting like $80,000 an episode after he had gone to Empire. But as you see over the years, well, after this whole situation had happened, Jesse hasn't really been in any anything. He had you haven't heard from him. He hasn't been on TV. He was fired from Empire. That whole situation shut down. So, you know, it's been a lot of turmoil. A lot of this shit has completely backfired on him in which I feel like it should have backfired on him. You know, in the climate that we live in where we have serious matters going on right now involving involving race in our country. Why sit here and try to use this situation? to gain more notoriety. Not only are you a black man in America, but you're a gay black man in America. We all know what the world hold against a lot of black people and homosexuals. So why would you want to create some elaborate ass hoax to draw all this negative attention on yourself? You know, there's so many. And and what really kind of gets me about this whole situation is, you know, there's a lot of crime going on, not only in the black community, but against homosexuals. You have the police not even investigating, you know, the disappearance and murders of transgender people and gay people. And if this was any regular ass person, the cops wouldn't even give a damn about investigating this whole situation. Let's call it what it is. You know, the cops only really, Chicago PD really only jumped on this situation because of who Jesse really is, because of his celebrity. They put all their man out into investigating this situation. But, you know, they have so much crime that's going on within their own community. Chicago it has a very high crime rate for murders and robberies and all types of shit that's going on right there. So why is it that the Chicago PD can put all these resources into backing Jesse, but not their own crimes that's going on in their community? To me, that's crazy. The, the first thing that you should be working on is the crime with in your own community, not worrying about some, what some actor is doing, but 
In this case, them prosecuting Jesse was to prove a point. They went out for bat for you and you made them look bad. And then after the whole situation had uh, unfolded, he was um, he was blaming Chicago PD for not doing their job and police this police that. And they was like, you know what? Since you try to make us look bad after we try to help you, we going to prosecute you now. We're going to hold you accountable because they were actually going to drop the charges against Jesse initially. But after he started going on this hobo tour and talking uh, talking bad about all of them they said nah we fuck that we gonna prosecute you we gonna make sure we make an example out of you and they did so as it turns out uh don lemon who works for cnn now we know all the controversy that's going on with cnn right now and there's a lot of controversy that's surrounding don lemon right now he is being uh there is a lawsuit that's out against him for uh sexual misconduct and then we all know what was going on with andrew and chris cuomo and uh chris cuomo being let go from cnn for helping aiding in the investigation of his brother and giving him information regarding the case that he's under uh, for sexual harassment and that's what Don Lemon did is that's what Don Lemon did he gave uh, Jesse some information in regards to the Chicago PD investigating him so I mean that put a lot more heat and pressure on Don Lemon because here he is doing you a favor trying to be a friend to you by giving you this information and then in the deposition you go ahead and throw him under the bus why Jesse take the L be a man stop throwing other people under the bus for this whole situation and so we get into how he actually met these brothers so in 2017 he met bola and when they had met each other allegedly you know jesse says that when he was on the set of empire that um Lee Daniels told him that he was getting fat now who the fuck is Lee Daniels to tell anybody they fat Okay, I mean, who the hell is Lee Daniels to tell anybody they fat? The irony. Anyways, so Bola was supposed to be his personal trainer. Well, they started getting a little friendly with each other. And one thing leads to the next. They started doing cocaine. And Bola's brother was the one that pretty much was giving him was his drug dealer that was giving them the drugs for the coke and stuff like that so then you know they partied a few times and then on uh, one particular night not only did they do drugs together but they went to the gay bathhouse together in uh, Chicago and they were masturbating with each other now Bola claims that he's not gay but I don't believe that but he did say that he went to the the gay bathhouse with him now what why would you go to now what straight man gonna go to a bad a gay bathhouse with a gay man and just sit there and hang out because that's what he said he was he said he was just hanging out i mean yeah y'all was hanging out but y'all wasn't doing that type of hanging out y'all was doing the other type of hanging out so you know i i, I kind of think that they were actually sexually involved with each other. So then Jesse pretty much tells them about this whole letter that was sent to, you know, the Fox Studios and how he was not okay with how they were handling the situation and that he wanted to he wanted them to help him to orchestrate this attack and that he was going to give him them a hundred dollars to buy the supplies, which the police Chicago PD caught the two gentlemen on uh, surveillance buying these um, supplies for the attack. 
and that he was supposed to pay both of the brothers $3,500 in total to commit the damn attack. Now, you had to be a motherfucking crackhead if you're going to accept a fee that goddamn low to commit, to commit a stupid-ass crime like this. You had to be high on coke because that money ain't shit. And it damn sure ain't going to pray for you a good-ass lawyer. Now, the funnier part about this situation was there was 70 hours of footage showing the whole orchestration of the attack. Jesse in the car with them, riding with them to show them how where they were going to be attacking them, them going and buying the supplies amongst a lot of other things. So there, you know, like I said, there was a lot of holes and this was just a very damning situation where all of the things turned pointed to Jesse being very guilty of creating a stupid, elaborate ass hoax that really blew up in his face. And I'm really curious to see what he's going to do career wise to get himself back in the limelight. How is he going to pretty much rebuild his career after this whole situation? Um, I really hope that he learns from it because we can't forget that his sister Journey is an actress as well. And she's also faced a lot of heat in regards to her brother's scandal. I mean, Journey has been in the um She's been an actor for years since she was a child and uh, she played in Eve's Bayou and Lovecraft Country amongst a lot of other films. And, you know, people were looking at her very conspicuous, like, wait, hold on now. What's going on with your brother? And if he over here creating these elaborate ass hoax, what you about? Are you on the same shit that he's on? You know, so, I mean, she's had to face a lot of heat about that, too. But luckily, it doesn't seem like it's affecting her career. But you know, to think that him creating this hoax would have jeopardized his, you know, sister's career. Luckily, it didn't. But, you know, it could have been a lot worse for her. And I hope that this is a learning lesson, le- learning lesson for Jesse, especially too, that he needs to learn that he does not. No, no, he needs to learn that he a badass liar. That's what we're, that's what he need to learn. He needs to learn not to goddamn lie. He's not a good liar. I mean, he, he staged this whole hoax that completely backfired in his face and this also needs to be a learning lesson for Chicago PD that they really need to put all of their man hours and resources into solving all these murders and missing person cases and human trafficking cases that they got going on within their state in their community I mean I just think that it's ridiculous that you're going to go above and beyond for an actor but you can't do that for the general public and the taxpayers within the community all that taxpayer money that went to going to helping Jesse and his situation where all that taxpayer money could have gone to solving all those cases that's going on in the community that's fucking despicable and this has been a problem in Chicago for years now so this needs to be a learning lesson for everybody all parties involved in the situation from the two guys that were involved from from Jesse and the Chicago PD so you know I'm interested to see how you know Jesse's going to rebuild himself after this but enough of that let's get on to the next topic now now now, let's get on to NBA young boy and him alleging that he likes to wear makeup. Now, for a lot of people, this would seem like no big deal. But for me, there's a lot of weird. This whole situation to me is just very strange. Number one, you've never, ever, 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 ever seen NBA young boy ever wear makeup. OK, that's number one. 
Number two is we need to look at why this has been a common occurrence of once celebrities speak out against the industry, how they become how they start to be humiliated by the music industry or the entertainment industry for speaking out against them. Now, this has been a common occurrence with many celebrities who have spoken out against the uh, entertainment. And once they speak out about the entertainment industry, you're either uh, set up to be made to look crazy and they do a lot of humiliation rituals. Now, a lot of people don't really think about the industry being so corrupt and so demonic. But I mean, all of the symbolism as far as, you know, demonic stuff that goes on in the industry is blatantly in your face. It's in music videos. It's in records. It's done at concerts with all the symbolism, the way that the venues are set up. I mean, if we look at Astroworld and uh, the whole concert that happened there and with Travis Scott, you know, there was a lot of demonic symbolism that was going on there. And, you know, there was the sign that said, see you on the other side. And, you know, look at how, you know, Travis Scott was looking the girl in the eyes when she was all passed out and he's singing to her. And it just seems like he's so unbothered by the whole situation. I mean, to me, it just seems so demonic, the energy there. And when you have so a large crowd like that, there's so many different, you know, energies that is in one space. Sometimes it could be a playground for demonic spirits. You know, there's a lot of craziness that goes on in Hollywood. And, you know, when you often speak out about these topics, you're all like I said, you're either made to be feel crazy. They try to take your money for you amongst a lot of other things. Sometimes they'll do like the humiliation rituals such as make you wear makeup, want to make you put on dresses, do all types of stuff to you in this entertainment industry. And that's what I feel like is going on with NBA Youngboy right now. Now, NBA Youngboy is no stranger to controversy. You know, he's been in and out of jail for a very long time now. And he just recently got out in, I believe, the end of November of this year. Now, the reason why I feel like this was a humiliation ritual is because we need to go back a little bit. Now, NBA Youngboy up until 2017 was an independent artist. So he was releasing all his mixtapes on his own. He was collecting all his money. Then he ended up signing to Atlantic Records, right? He starts making all this money even while he's in jail. You know, they kind of, um, they kind of, um, compared him to Tupac a little bit because when Tupac was in jail and he signed to death row and his album had came out, I mean, it blew up and he was in jail. And, you know, they compared that to how NBA Youngboy has been in jail a big period of his career being a mainstream artist and he's still been able to sell records, right? Now, one thing that I discussed on my, uh, you know, podcast is about how 360 deals work. Now, when you are signed to a major label, every artist has to sign a 360 deal. It's a deal that involves publishing, masters, uh, the record companies getting a, a large percentage of your publishing and your masters. They get a big part of, you know, your concert uh, sale, your t- concert ticket sales, your merchandise. If you do a uh, 
promotions. They get a big chunk of that. If you do commercials, if you do movies, all of that stuff, the record company collects back on that. Now, when he signed with Atlantic Records in 2016, it was for a five uh, studio album deal. And he only got two million dollars for that, which to me, for having a, a five album deal, two million dollars ain't shit. So he was completely lowballed in his deal with Atlantic Records. So he eventually uh, started telling the record company like, hey, you know, I want, you know, uh, a control of my masters. So for people that aren't really familiar with how the, you know, record industry works is your masters and your publishing is everything. That's how you eat. That's how there's certain one hit wonders that are still very wealthy because they own their masters in their publishing. The record companies know that. So what they often do is in the record deals that these artists are signing, they give the artists either no control of their masters or publishing or very, very little um, ownership of their publishing and masters. So that's how a lot of these one hit wonders are still eating well over after 20 years of them making their first song. All they got to do is what their job for a living is pretty much waking up and walking to the mailbox and cash and checks. Well, the, like I said, the rep record record companies know that and the way that the record company is designed is within the benefit of the record company and not the artist and for a lot of artists you know they don't really for a lot of new artists that have never been in the industry they don't know how this shit works they a lot of times a lot of these rappers are coming from the hood they had little to nothing they grew up very poor and so when they're being given this money to one million dollars two million dollars I mean a majority of the time they're going to take the money because for them that money is a lot more than what they probably would have ever seen in their entire lifetime not realizing that a lot of that money has a lot of stipulations on it and so when they're getting these contracts with the when they're signing these contracts with these record companies they're not really reading the fine lines and they oftentimes don't have lawyers or really any solid people around them that are telling them whether or not these deals are good or bad and so they're going along with it now it's also also crazy to me how a lot of these young rappers and rappers are ending up dead too and then you got to remember a lot of these rappers are you know they're they're more profitable dead than alive you know we think about how nipsey hustle you know after he died his sale his streaming sales his album sales everything went up you know what I'm saying? And a lot of other rappers that have passed away, XX Existencion, when he was shot and killed, his streaming sales went up. His record sales went up. Young Dolph, same thing with his murder that recently just happened. Soon as I mean, he was already making money because he was an independent artist. But once he died, that shit went up. So that's a lot more money for these record companies. And that's why so many young artists are ending up dead. Just think about it. So I find it odd that after NBA Youngboy, he went on the uh, he went on DJ Academics podcast and they were talking after he just got released from jail recently. And he said, you know, I'm over the industry. He said, you know, I haven't been happy about making music for two years now. And in his deal with Atlantic Records, he had went to them and he sat down and he said, hey, I'll give you five studio albums. I'll, no, I'll give you four studio albums for free if you let me have ownership of my masters. And they told him no. Why do you think that they told him no? Because they know that if they give him full control over his masters, where he's making, he's the third highest ranking 
rapper that is making a lot of money out to date right now. This man is pulling in over $10 million. And like I said, he's been a majority of his career. He's been incarcerated. So they know, okay, you're making, you're in jail and we're seeing how you're still able to sell records. Why would we want to take just four studio albums from you when we're making all this money from you while you're behind bars? So just think about how much money that we can make from you off the rest of this lifetime. Clearly, you're a big star. Clearly, you have the star power. So if we give you that power by allowing you to own your masters, then we the power gets taken from us and we don't make any money. And it's all everything is within the benefit of the record company. They want to make money off of you. It's the machine. You know, a lot of these record companies, we have to remember also, a lot of people aren't buying records anymore. So... A big part of, you know, what people are doing nowadays is streaming, you know, so a lot of these record companies are losing money. So for them, if they take the the free four album studio deal, I mean, for them, that's like, well, no, because we're not even really selling records like that. So what's four free studio albums that you do for us when we're making all this money off of your publishing and masters? So that's why I feel like the record companies started to have it out for him. Then shortly after that, you know, all his, all of NBA Youngboy's fans started to notice that his whole YouTube channel got shut down. No videos of NBA Youngboy were on the YouTube channel at all, which was very, very odd. Now, NBA Youngboy's YouTube channel had over 10 million subscribers and over 9.13 billion views. And then after the whole uh, deletion of his um, YouTube channel, once it was uh, brought back, it went down to uh, 1.25 billion views, which is very, very strange. So I find it odd that after he goes on the DJ Academic show and he starts speaking out about the industry and his record company, his YouTube channel gets taken down. Now, for him getting 10 million views and over a billion in viewership for his videos, that's his big bread and butter because like I just mentioned right now, album sales are at an all-time low right now due to all these streaming services such as Spotify, Pandora, Apple Music. So he's getting all this money off of his YouTube channel. That's a big resource that he has right there. So what they did was they cut into his money because he spoke out against them. Then what really gets strange is shortly after the whole uh, situation with his YouTube channel, although it got uh, brought back up, he goes on the DJ Academic Show podcast and he starts talking about how he likes wearing makeup and he does this video music video with him himself wearing makeup now he's on house arrest right now and he's in utah with some family members on house arrest but it just seems so odd y'all just check out this interview real quick with um on the dj academics podcast with um nba young boy and dj academics check it out it's, I don't know. I feel comfortable that way. Like, is that is that like face paint? Nah, that's, that's, I don't know. Make that makeup. That's some shit. That's some shit from make. I made my engineer go back. Oh, yeah. It give me like the golf feeling. Like you know, like rock stars. I like I like I like painting my face or putting makeup on. I like I don't know. I like to look in the mirror and see everything black, like my eyes and shit. 
Hmm. What you mean? Because yeah, that picture we seen that that was with, with like the last like yeah, that's that's a hundred percent real. That's me being myself. That's me. That's I don't know. I feel comfortable that way. Like is that is that like face paint? Now, I don't know about y'all, but after listening to that, it just, NBA, it just sounded so strange. And if you could tell that NBA Youngboy had no idea about makeup, its use, how to use it, nothing like that. When he was talking about MAC makeup, he couldn't even describe what primer to use, what's a good highlighter. He didn't talk about any contouring when he was talking about that, but he's saying he loves wearing MAC makeup, but he clearly sounded like he didn't even know, he didn't have any experience in wearing makeup at all. So for me, I feel like that was just a humiliation ritual. And they do this a lot with celebrities that speak out. Now, one of the main celebrities that has spoken out over the years is Dave Chappelle. And he's talked a lot about how when he had his whole Chappelle show, how because he wasn't going along with the elite's agenda, they started to make him look crazy. And things started to spiral out of control with Dave Chappelle. And then when it came to them trying to go, when Dave Chappelle was trying to negotiate a whole new deal because the Chappelle show was raking in $500 million, the, you know, elites wanted to only offer him 10% of that, which was $50 million. But that $50 million came with some stipulations. And when Dave Chappelle said, you know what, I don't want to do this anymore because I feel like you're lowballing me in this deal. You want to take away my creativity with the Chappelle show. I've spent so many years building this and you want to whitewash it and make it whatever it is that you want to make. You're making me look crazy and saying that I'm going to Africa to go smoke weed when like, you know, um, uh, what's his name? Um, Pat Williams had said, why the hell would Dave Chappelle go to Africa? Africa to smoke weed why would Dave Chappelle go all the way to Africa because what the elites had said was not only did Dave Chappelle go to Africa to go smoke weed but he went there to go get uh, uh, some mentalist mental help now who the hell is going to think to go to Africa to go get some uh, mental therapy uh, for themselves in Africa I mean what the hell what the hell is there for any why would anybody think to go there it just seems so outlandish and so crazy but his career pretty much ended and he wasn't doing stand-up comedy for 10 years but he also spoke out a lot about how you know the elites wanted him to try to put him in dresses he spoke out a lot about how you know Kevin Hart talked about how he didn't want to wear dresses for the longest time and that how after so many years you start to know when celebrities get to a certain status in their career they're made to do certain things they're made to put on dresses or wear makeup and do all these things that they don't want to do but they have to do that because it is a part of their contract if they want to stay relevant in Hollywood they have to get down with the agenda and how things go and for you know the black community putting on a dress is a, almost like a sign of uh, demasculinizing these men especially the black men and they're targeted in Hollywood because of this reason it is there to demasculinize and white actors have had to uh, be do humiliation rituals too you have Brad Pitt that was posing in a magazine in a dress with earrings and makeup on I mean it happens to 
everyone, but especially a lot. They target a lot of black men within the industry because they know homosexuality is not really accepted within the black community as it is really with the white community. So I feel like an NBA young boy situation, the reason why they made him put they made him put that makeup on. And I feel like the reason why he's wearing that makeup is because he was forced to. He was threatened by the elites of the music industry that if he because he's spoken out about them and what they're doing and how they don't want to give him uh, control of his masters, that this was their form of punishment for him speaking out against them. And I really just think that it's so sad. It's sad that when you get in the music industry, it's all about politics. It's all about, you know, the record company's personal gain in their own interests. It's no longer about the music or the creativity that these artists come out with. And that's why you see so much watered down music that's being, you know, played on these airwaves nowadays. You don't hear any real music anymore. Most of the music that you're hearing from these artists and these artists alone, you'll probably never even hear about them five years from now. You know, there used to be a time where music was great. It was classic music that we listen to in today's times. But if you notice, a lot of these new artists are sampling music from back in the day and they're using it now in the music, which is great. But at the same time, it's like, why is it that these artists aren't creating their own classics anymore? There's a lot of things that are going on with the music today you know, that it's just very questionable. You know, I was watching one of the award shows recently and I was just thinking to myself, wow, there's there's not as much talent as there used to be in the music industry anymore. And oftentimes when I'm watching award shows nowadays, I'm bored out of my mind. You know, I just feel like you just no one has the ability to entertain anymore. No one has the passion or drive. But then I understand it because the music industry is all about politics and an agenda. If you don't get down with it, then you're black listed you're blackballed you're made to look crazy your voice gets taken away from you you know and that's something that you know uh cat williams spoke about and here's a clip that i want you guys to listen to where he's kind of breaking down the hollywood illuminati illuminati and the elite so to speak you guys take a listen to this clip here online i know you don't spend all your time online about uh kevin hart Mm -hmm. uh wearing a dress in the SNL skit. And Dave Chappelle spoke about that as a comedian. Black actors are always, you know, being asked to wear dresses. Have you ran into that? And what do you think about that whole Illuminati theory that people could put out there about that? Well, you <laughs> <laughs> thanks for that softball question. Uh, it, it's two answers. First of all, let's be very, very clear. It is possible that there isn't anything funnier than a guy in a dress. And if that's the case, then it might also be said that there's nothing funnier than a black guy in a dress. Okay, well, I watched all of my friends throughout my entire life be able to dunk a basketball, but not me. So everybody can't do everything. So, you know, some of us make choices. I think it's not a biggest choice um, for others. I'm saying um, at the end of the day, Kevin doesn't have to worry about what people are going to say about him wearing a dress because of the long line of dress wearing people before him. <laughs> so now we have Big Mama's house one, two, and three. Yeah. I've never seen Medea in a pantsuit. I think she wears dresses. So now I'm saying, why are we picking on poor little Kevin? heart because it was his turn next. Okay. Some of us are against the Illuminati and we are against the Illuminati at our own detriment. 
When people are against the Illuminati, then they get punched in the face all the time. The press hates them, and nobody likes them. End quote. Um, we all love Dave Chappelle. Exactly. Dave Chappelle has never been a part of the Illuminati. They don't want him or me or people like us. Yeah. Um, but now it's not uh, necessary for us to store up that hornet's nest unless we intend to get stung a million times. I didn't understand that. They had to sting me a million times. Right. I'm still not going to join, but I respect it a little more. All right. Uh, how, how do you handle that? Because they put your name in the press with a lot of rumors and a lot of situations that they try to put on mm -hmm. Cat Williams. Do you feel ever the need to, like, I got to go defend this and, and put out a story about <laughs> who I am? Or do you just let that kind of, like, roll off your back? When well, as you can see, I've let it all go for quite uh, some time. And a lot of that is just based upon the fact that I don't really know how to complain because all of the people that I ever looked up to had to go through it, too. So I know how much they talked about Martin Luther King. And I know what they end up doing to him. I know this same story about Jesus and a few of my uncles. So now I know that if your mouth is really, really big and you try to tell the truth for a living and you like to air people out, hatred is coming your way. I didn't know it was going to be this type of hatred. But, you know, I'm concrete in all things uh, because of he who strengthens me. So that doesn't mean I always make the right decisions, but I am going to stand by what I stand for. And um, I'm only continuing to do it because I was looking for somebody who was doing it instead of me. And I just must have missed them. You know what I mean? So at some point, you have to figure out what example are you trying to be? If it's just going to be you going to make it and live happily ever after and go off into the sunset, then that's what that is. Otherwise, you're on the front line of this battle. And those of us who understand that um, understand that this is a part of what comes with it. Now, I feel like Cat Williams made a lot of great points in that clip alone. And now NBA Youngboy in January of 2019 was also YouTube's top music artist in the, in the United States. And he was there for 101 weeks. And mind you, like I said, during majority of his career as being a mainstream artist, he's been incarcerated. So for the YouTube channel to get taken away, that cuts a lot into his money right there. And so, I mean, I just think that it is a lot of shady stuff that's going on in the music industry. And I really hope that, you know, NBA Youngboy could somehow get out of his contract. I know that right now he only has one more album that he has to do for the record company until he's out of his um, his contract. And so I'm curious to see if he's going to put out another album or if he's going to sign to them again or what they're going to try to make him do right now, because I feel like he's kind of a rock and a hard place. He's dealing not only with the issues with his record company, but he's dealing with the federal case right now. So, I mean, they're trying to throw away the key with him. They didn't even want to let him out. You know, they they he was arrested this year for a possession for gun possession. So they wanted to lock away the key with him and they wanted to definitely make an example out of NBA young boy. And it's sad because he really is a very talented artist. <laughs> 
But, you know, a lot of these rappers right now, it's it's a lot of chaos and a lot of controversy that's surrounding them. And like I said, a lot of these new up and coming rappers and rappers right now are ending up dead. I mean, it's crazy how many of them have passed away within the last year or so. You know, it's just one after the other. So I really hope he can get out of this contract and rebuild himself at just being an independent artist after this. And I don't bring up the situation with him wearing makeup because I'm homophobic or anything like that or that there's anything wrong with, you know, if he really, truly like wearing makeup. I'm bringing up this matter because I really do feel like there is something deeper that's going on here. You know, I really feel like there's some shadiness that is going on amongst the music industry and that's always been going on amongst the music industry because like I said why have so many artists spoke out about the same thing in regards to the music industry how they start speaking out about not getting their publishing or their royalties or you know being in a messed up contract a slave contract so these a lot of these artists call it and then after that something ended up happening to them they're either doing they're either going crazy they're either going broke or they're somehow being sabotaged in some other way or they're meant to do a humiliation ritual or they're meant to wear dresses or they're meant to be putting on makeup like in NBA young boys case. I mean, to me, I feel like all the signs count point to the fact that NBA young boy was forced to do this. And I really just think that that is it's a very sad situation that these artists have to go through. And I feel like it's just better to stay independent as an artist. However, I do understand that when you're an independent artist, it comes with a lot of responsibility. You're funding everything. But the benefit and the reward of being an independent artist is you you take a big lion's share of the profits and you're able to keep that for yourself. You don't have to split that with the record company. You know, the record company can't recoup any of that money. That money is all yours because you're fronting all the money. You know, these record companies are really just pretty much people that are uh, they're They're giving you a big loan because all that money, the money, the advance money that they're giving you in the beginning, you're not keeping that money. You have to pay that back. If you have a person that's um, writing all your raps for you, if you have the studio engineer, the music videos, the cars, all of that stuff, all that advancement money that they give you for all of that, you have to pay that back. And the way that the music industry is going right now, albums are not selling. So, you know, if you're signing a $2 million deal, but it took you $2.5 million to produce your album, you're in the red because your album only may have sold 100,000 copies. So that means you're indebted to the record company. And until you're able to, you know, come up with the money to pay off that loan that they essentially gave you that they made you feel like was free money, you're not going to be let out of your contract. And if you do, you're going to be let out completely broke. You know, it. I know it's fucked up, but that's how the music industry works, you know? So this is something for a lot of new artists that up and coming artists that want to get into the entertainment industry. They really need to think about this. There's a lot that comes with getting into the entertainment industry. But I want to move on now to all these robberies that are going on in California right now. Now, as y'all know, I'm from the Bay Area and 
I mean, it, the Bay Area has just been it's just been a lot of craziness, like I said, these past two years. But it is especially gotten worse within the Bay Area as far as crimes, homicide in Oakland right now. Um, they have had to they've had over 131 homicides that has happened within this past year, which is more than what they had last year. So over the past, not even the past year, actually the past decade, this has been the most that they've had in Oakland of homicides in this past decade, which is outrageous. Not only that, but there is a mass amount of robbery going on at all of these high end retail stores. Some of these little mom and pop shops, the little brick and mortars and stuff like that. And, you know, this has been going on for pretty much the past two years now. So for those of you that don't know, Governor Gavin Newsom had put into effect a cash for criminals program that was to pay um, criminals $500 to not commit crimes that involved guns. Now, in this whole program, the criminals would have to, uh, in order for the criminals to receive the funds, they would have to get a life coach. Yes, you heard that right. They would have to get a life coach, go to school or help agents mediate potentially violent crimes before they can get the money. And then what they were also doing is in this program, the $200 worth of gift cards to these criminals as well. Now, now it was reported that there has been 129 uh, fatal and non-fatal gun crimes this mid-year, and there was only 58 the previous year, which was according to SFPD stats. Now, San Francisco has the highest property crime rate in the state at over 3,045 property incidents per 1,000 residents, which is very, very alarming. Now, here's the problem that's going on with this whole crime situation, this whole crime cash for crime program. There is a ring of over 30 30 to 80 people, which I believe is all gang related. I think it's a whole uh, gang ring that's going around that's terrorizing all of these major stores within the Bay Area. And they're going in and ransacking the places and they're going in and big mobs and doing this. And the reason why I feel like they're doing that is because they know the more people that they have to go and rob these stores, they know that there's not going to be enough police to be able to contain detain them while they're going to do these robberies. If they have so many people, it's like, who are the police going to catch at once? So what they're doing is they're going into high end stores such as Hermes. They're going into Louis Vuitton, Yves Saint Laurent. They went into to a uh, Nordstrom's in Walnut Creek. Um, they're going and then they went into a uh, they robbed a Lululemon in Santana Row and they took off with over $40,000 in merchandise. New tonight at 11, organized retail thefts hitting new lows. And these are videos out of the Bay Area this weekend. Thousands of dollars in merchandise stolen right out of these stores. Mm-hmm, and it is causing malls across the area to rethink their security this holiday season. And the the governor is also speaking out today about those crimes in ABC ABC 10's Van 2 joins us tonight in the newsroom with more. Yeah, with the holiday shopping season kicking off this week, Westfield malls like the Galleria and Roseville are stepping up security and coordinating with local police as concerns grow amid this rash of large-scale smash-and-grab robberies across Northern California. Lashing out at recent brazen retail heists. Look, I have no sympathy, no empathy whatsoever. People smashing and grabbing, stealing people's items, creating 
havoc and terror on our streets. Governor Gavin Newsom on Monday touting increased highway patrol presence in large shopping areas through the Retail Theft Task Force re-established this summer, vowing to inject more state funding to combat these crimes. We want real accountability, we want people prosecuted, and we want people to feel safe. Over the weekend, a rash of smash-and-grab robberies just as the holiday season picks up. In Walnut Creek, 80 thieves storming a Nordstrom, some even assaulting employees before before they ran out with thousands of dollars in merchandise to get away cars. I saw 50 to 80 people in like ski masks, crowbars, night, like a bunch of weapons. In San Francisco the night before, roughly 100 people ambushing luxury stores, including Louis Vuitton, prompting boarded windows and street closures in Union Square and law enforcement in every corner. And most recently in San Jose, a robbery at Valley Fair Mall. At the same time, a group making out with more than $47,000 worth of goods across the street at Santana Rose, Lululemon. Jeffrey Grant works security. I went to try to stop them, but they indicated that they were willing to run me over. The emboldened organized crime rings a concern for former Arden Fair Mall head of security, calling on government officials to get tough on theft. If we're not going to hold people accountable, they're going to continue to do that because they know there's no consequence for their actions. Meanwhile, police agencies are investigating if any of these robberies may be linked. Meanwhile, Governor Newsom today also speculated that the timing of these crimes could have been opportunists taking advantage of social justice protests against the Kyle Rittenhouse verdict. Now, the thing is, because of all these robberies, all of these retail stores are beefing up their security. Now, the whole rule with security out here, at least in the Bay Area, is that securities, security officers don't keep guns on them. Usually they got a little taser, you know, a little flashlight, something like that. They're like little rent-a-cops, right? Even for these high-end retail stores like Louis Vuitton and Hermes, most of their security don't carry guns, right? But since all of these robberies have happened within a couple of days of each other, because this happened towards the end of November or a little bit before um, Thanksgiving had happened. They were going around and ransacking on one particular day. They hit up um, on, I think it was the 21st of November. There were three robberies in one day. And then on the 22nd, there were two stores that were hit up in one day. So they're going to multiple stores in one day and just ransacking everywhere. And like I said, they're hitting up little brick and mortar shops, little mom and pop shops, and just completely taking everything that they can in these particular stores. So they're bringing in security guards that are licensed to carry. And then what they do, what they're having is they're having the uh, police officers guard a lot of these uh, mall shopping malls now, like in San Francisco, the financial district in Union Square, which is where a lot of the major uh, retail stores are and the big name ones like we have the Westville Mall where they have a lot of the high end stores like Hermes, Louis Vuitton, all of that stuff. The police have it. The SFPD has it blocked off where you can't even drive into the areas and the locations where these stores are anymore. If you want to get into any of these stores, you have to walk blocks in order to get there. And that the reason for that being is because they're able to catch up with these criminals where before what was happening at the Louis Vuitton store, for instance, is they were driving up to the Louis Vuitton store. I think it was about 30 people that drove up to the Louis Vuitton store, completely ran.
ransacked it, jumped, jumped back in their cars and took off. And the thing is, right, the biggest issue right now is they don't have enough resources to combat the issues with all of these major robberies that are going on right now. Now, I need to break. I'm going to break this down for you guys. Now, the police don't have enough resources in order to crack down on these robberies, meaning they don't have enough manpower in order to, you know, investigate these cases right now. There has been $1.5 million that has been placed in overtime alone in Los Angeles because the LAPD is struggling to fill positions right now. Now, we have to remember during the pandemic, everything shut down, right? A lot of people lost their jobs. Now, the police department, especially the SFPD and the LAPD have been struggling to fill these positions well over before the pandemic. Now, when the pandemic happened, we had the whole Black Lives Matter movement where people were speaking out against, you know, the the police force in every in every city in the United States of America. So with that being said, no one wants to join the fucking police force right now. So they're inundated with all of these robberies and, you know, they don't have enough people to help investigate them right now. And so then we also have to look at how the pan the pandemic alone has negatively impacted people where they've been displaced in their jobs. There was over 15 million people that were on unemployment alone during this whole pandemic. And there's still a lot of people that are on on unemployment right now. So many people lost their jobs. People lost their homes. People lost their apartments. People, you know, were fighting to figure out how they were going to be able to pay their bills. And here's the thing. People really felt like there was a lot of people being lazy on unemployment. Now, were there some people being lazy that just wanted to set up and collect unemployment? Yes. But here's the thing. When you live in the state of California, the max of the max ED, the max that EDD will give you is eighteen hundred dollars. Right. In California, the average one bedroom apartment will cost you twenty five hundred dollars plus to rent out. That doesn't include all the utilities. That doesn't include water or garbage. Half the time you got to pay for a parking space. Then you got to pay for all your other bills. And for people to even survive out here in California nowadays, you have to be especially the Bay Area in particular. You have to be working 80 hours a week. And most people are working two to three jobs to even survive. A lot of people, in order for them to buy homes, have to move out to Sacramento and Stockton to even do so because the property value there is a little bit lower. But the problem there is there's no jobs out there in those particular areas because they're like little farmland areas. So what a lot of people are having to do is they're having to drive two hours to and from work every day to come into Silicon Valley to work just to make a living for themselves, right? So you have a lot of people who are on unemployment now and, you know, the $1,800 isn't going to take them anywhere. So we really needed that extra $600, you know, in order to pay our miss, pay for our bills out here in the Bay Area. But even with that said, you have people that come, that were laid off their jobs that were making a hundred to $200,000 in the Bay Area that are now only making $4,000 a month on unemployment. That's still nothing. You know, it's crazy to say that it used to be a 
$100,000 a year used to take you very far in the Bay Area, but nowadays that doesn't take you anywhere. You're making $100,000 to $200,000 in the Bay Area now. You're practically poor. You're practically destitute. You can't even make it or survive out here. So I think that that's part of the reason why also there's so many robberies going on, especially in California in particular. It's going on nationwide, but especially in California is because everything, the cost of living out here is so expensive. Minimum wage out here in the Bay Area is $15 an hour. We all know in the United States of America, you can't survive off of $15 an hour. You need on average $25 an hour in order to survive and pay your bills out here in the Bay Area or barely pay your bills out here in the Bay Area. But most of these jobs are paying you no more than $15 an hour to $22 an hour. If that. You know what I'm saying? Not everybody works for Silicon Valley. We have to keep everything realistic now. Not everybody is into tech. Some people are into dentistry. Some people want to be lawyers. Some people want to, you know, some people are working in customer service. Some people are servers. Some people are administration uh, representatives. There's so many different jobs that are out here aside from just working in the tech field in Silicon Valley. And then what people didn't realize about, you know, the whole EDD thing is when people were getting that extra $600, taxes were not being taken out of that money. So you were only getting taxes taken out of your EDD money, which would be about $40 each week that you're getting taken out um, out of your paycheck. But they weren't all that that $600. They were just giving you that straight up. What people didn't realize was, was that come tax time, they were going to have to pay taxes on that extra $600 stimulus money that that they were giving everybody. So when it came tax time, people thought that they was going to hit it big and get a lot of money. And they were realizing they had to owe the government all that money back for this extra $600 stimulus money that they were being given un- through unemployment, which was a double whammy to people. So people were already not able to pay for their rent, barely pay for groceries, barely pay for any utilities, for clothes, for other miscellaneous things. Now, when it comes tax time, your tax person is telling you that you owe money, right? So we have to take that into consideration too about why that kind of leads to why there's so many robberies going on right now. Because people don't have resources there's no money coming in for people and then all of a sudden they cut off EDD for everybody the the government decided they didn't want to give any more federal aid to anybody and they told everybody you just got to go get a job well the problem is yes there are certain people hiring but a lot of these employers are being extremely picky about who they're hiring or they're not paying shit Right. So then people are like, well, how am I going to pay my bills? I'm already in the red. I already can't pay my rent. I'm already barely surviving. And now I owe my uh, landlord money. They're on the verge of kicking me out right now. Now I got to rush to get a job. And then you got to go through the whole interview process and hope that the person actually wants to hire you. And the problem, that's another problem that's going on right now is people, as much as people think that people are hiring, a lot of people are not hiring like that. So there's a lot of people are displaced and then there's a lot of people that don't want to go back to work in these bullshit ass dead end jobs that are getting little to nothing having to bust their asses over 80 hours a week just to make it for little or nothing so a lot of people would rather just be on unemployment right now too or just rob the damn place so that's another reason why I feel like there's so much crime going on and so many robberies going on within California because there is a 
problem when it comes to the minimum wage that they're paying of the livable, the livable wage that they need to be paying people. And what they're actually paying people with minimum wage is a huge issue. The cost of living out here is the number one issue for why there's so much robbery going on within the Bay, the Bay Area, especially in, in California in general. And then that's something that's higher than every other state. Another issue is a lot of places also want you to be vaccinated. And while there's a lot of people in California that are vaccinated, with that figure being 201 million people that are vaccinated so far in the state of California, but out here in the Bay Area, a majority of the jobs want you to be fully vaccinated in order to work there, especially in San Francisco in particular, in order to go to bars, to clubs, to uh, restaurants, you know, to get a job, you have to be fully vaccinated. And I think that's another the reason why crime has risen why although they do have 80 percent of the population in san francisco that are fully vaccinated there's still 20 percent of the population in san francisco that doesn't want to be vaccinated so that's another reason for the spike in robberies because people don't rather not get vaccinated and rather you know rob and then there's other people that just feel like i just rather collect unemployment or i'm just going to start a whole new career path because i don't want to be fully vaccinated So I think that also has a little bit to do with why there's a high rise in robberies in San Francisco in particular, because there is a population of the, you know, the San Francisco community where they don't want to be vaccinated and not and not saying that everybody in San Francisco is just resulting to just robbing. There's certain people that feel like, well, I don't want to get vaccinated, so I'm going to just still collect this EDD or I don't want to get vaccinated. I'd rather just create my own path and become self-employed and do do DoorDash or whatever else they choose to do, you know, as a means of making an income for themselves. Right now in the state of California, there is $20 billion in false disability claims that has been made to EDD that they have to investigate right now. But the problem is, if they start investigating all of these fraudulent claims, that delays people's uh, ability to be able to receive their EDD money, you know, because it's a more of a process that they have to go through in order to ID themselves. And right now you can barely even get through the phone lines to even contact somebody in EDD. There's a lot of people that still haven't even received their money. Unemployment for a lot of people had just been a complete nightmare. You know, one thing that a lot of people forget is that they had been trying to cut off EDD in the state of California for years now, especially Governor Gavin Newsom. He didn't want any more EDD. When when everybody got laid off due to the pandemic initially, March 15th, you know, the the phone lines were only open from 8 a.m. to 12 p.m. So there was only a four hour window for over 15 million people to try to call EDD. And they only had so many people working there. There's no office for anybody to go down to to talk to anybody from EDD. So all of these people, all of these representatives that work for unemployment were just completely inundated with all of these new claims. You know, and then there was a lot of fraudulent ones because their system was so outdated. It had not been updated since the 1960s that they didn't have the new technology that they needed to be able to not only process these all these claims, they didn't have um, their phone lines were outdated as well. So a lot of times the phone lines were just hanging up on people because there was too many people calling at once, but they weren't able to properly ID people just by doing it online. People were having to, some people had to physically go down to the DMV in order to get.
get the, you know, the documents to prove that they were who they say they were. But we have to remember during the pandemic, everything was completely shut down. So that meant the DMVs were shut down. So those people that needed to ID themselves, what EDD started to do was they said, well, hey, since all of the DMVs were closed, all of the courts are closed, everything is completely closed. There's no way for people to, you know, ID themselves that they need to ID themselves. So at this point, we just have to let these people go through and just process their claims. And so that's what they ended up doing was they started processing a lot of these claims without IDing people because their system was so outdated that people had to physically go in if they needed to ID themselves like the DMV and stuff like that in order to show proof. They didn't have like a system where they could just ID themselves. And then a lot of people were using, you know, fake addresses in order to collect EDD. People that never even worked a day in their lives were collecting EDD money. They would use a vacant address. They would use a vacant house that had an address and they would use that to get all of the EDD money sent there. All the EDD cards were being sent there. A lot of the people in prison were having their, you know, family members use their social security numbers in order to collect the EDD money from dead family members, living family members, random people. I mean, there is a lot of just fraudulent activity that was going on and it's cost the state of California also a lot of money. And and unfortunately, that falls back on the people that really are in desperate need of being able to collect unemployment right now who don't have any money. Because like I said, you know, the unemployment in California unemployment cut off everybody from being able to receive unemployment money, whether or not they found a job or not at the beginning of September of this year. So there is a lot of so regardless if you had a job or not, if you didn't get a job in time, you were, you know, left with no choice but to find other means of being able to get money. So that's another reason why I think there's a huge spike in crime right now is because people aren't having any people don't have resources. We have to remember these credit card companies were still collecting payment throughout this pandemic. They were like one of the main ones that were telling people like, hey, if you ain't got the money to pay off your credit card debt, then um, I don't know, but you better find some way to do it. They weren't being lenient on people. If you use your credit card, then, you know, you still had to pay that money on time. If you had a car note, you still had to pay that car note on time. You know, I mean, it just it's really messed up what happened to a lot of people during this pandemic. You know how many people were, you know, displaced. There is a although they had the um, eviction memoriam and they were saying that, you know, if you weren't able to pay your rent for a certain amount of time that, you know, your landlords could get the money to be able to pay off the back rent. However, there were still some landlords that were just being completely unreasonable before the moratorium was up. <laughs> they were saying, I don't give a fuck what the government says. If you ain't got your rent by now, you gonna have to get out on the street. We I'm gonna have to leave all your shit on the side of the road. So there was a lot of issues with that going on, too. You know, a lot of people were left to be homeless. The homeless popu- uh, population spiked during the pandemic. We got to think about that, too. San Francisco had a huge problem with homelessness even before the pandemic. And that shit just skyrocketed during the pandemic. I know for a while, certain hotels were allowing people that were homeless to stay there. But I mean, it- 
after that expired, you know, there was nowhere for these people to go. So it's just been a really messed up situation. We're in a spiritual warfare right now. There is, you know, I think that it's no coincidence that we're going through a pandemic. I think that there is a lot for people to learn during this pandemic that they haven't been able to learn right now. And that's why we have this whole new Amarion, aka the uh, Omicron variant going on right now, because people haven't been able to see the error of their ways. And until we're able to do that as humanity, we'll never be able to move forward. Think about all the issues that's come up during this whole pandemic. We're still fighting issues with race. We're still fighting issues with classism, with sexism. We're still going uh, on with laws about abortion that we went uh, we that we were arguing about since the 1960s that are coming out again. I mean, it's just crazy. Our history, we just keep History just keeps repeating itself because we don't learn the lessons that we need to learn. And that's why we're in this pandemic. So I really hope people and humanity as a whole can get itself together before it rears its ugly head, which has already reared its ugly head. And so until we're able to, you know, see the error of our ways, well, we we gonna probably have another virus that's going to pop up out of the blue. So, you know, I just think this is a time for humanity to reflect on itself. You know, there's a lot of issues and a lot of problems that we have going on within our world that we really need to change. And there's especially a lot of issues that are going on within California and the Bay Area and why so many robberies are going on right now, because it's the times that we're living in. People are tired of slaving away for nickels and dimes. People don't want to do that anymore. People rather just go rob some. Somebody. And all that's doing is heightening the gun issue that we already have in our country in general. We say that we don't have a gun issue, but we clearly do. If they're literally paying people not to use guns and crimes, that says that we have a issue with gun control within our country and something needs to be done about it. And it's only going to get worse because now if you have all of these retail stores that are telling their security to go ahead and shoot people, now we have a bigger homicide rate that we have to worry about on top of the gun issue that we have. So we really got to look at the issue. Then not only are people you know, robbing these retail stores, they're going ahead and, and they're robbing people in their cars, in their homes. That's going to start a lot of home evasions. So then people are really going to feel like they needed to protect themselves and carry guns within their own homes and go out. And those who don't have guns, they're going to go out and go buy guns. So that's going to heighten the fucking gun issue even more because people feel like they have to protect themselves now. And if you don't see that as being an issue, then you really need to get it a get a grip on reality because it's a big issue that we're dealing with right now. And we really just need to get it together. And I think it's just so sad to see how we just keep diminishing as a population as a whole. So when is it going to end, y'all? I mean, when is it really going to end? When is the chaos going to end? It just seems like shit just keeps getting worse and worse. But I'm going to try to stay optimistic and hopeful that maybe we can turn this whole situation around. But I don't know, y'all. 
But on that note, I want to thank you so much, Vibers, for coming out and vibing with me today. I know it is the holiday season. I hope you guys are enjoying your holiday season so far, with all, even with all the chaos in the world. And I hope that all of you enjoy your Christmas day and that is filled with lots of love and cheer, health, good health, and lots of prosperity. And if you guys want to follow me on Instagram, you can do so at I am Kyra Mahoney. If you like to sign up for the Patreon where you can decide what type of content you would like to hear on the Vibe Selection podcast, you can do that too. Or if you like to follow my YouTube channel, make sure you like and subscribe and go ahead and share this video if you like that. And I love to hear all of your guys' comments. So please feel free to leave all of your comments in the comment section. Hit me up, slide in my DM on Instagram if you want to do that too. And if you also like some Vibe Selection merchandise, you can get that at www.teespring.com slash Vibe Selection. Thank you for joining Vibe Selection with Kyra. Come vibe out with us again next time and hear the latest on today's hot topics. Find us on Instagram at I am Kyra Mahoney or donate at www.patreon.com slash Vibe Selection.